1: Welcome to Your Partner in Law on Seattle's Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. Your Partner in Law is brought to you in part by the law firm Gregorick & Associates PLLC. Charting your course to a secure future. Your Partner in Law starts now. Here's your host, Rick Gregorick.
2: And good Sunday morning to everyone. I'm so glad to be with you again this week from the secret location here in Kirkland for our live broadcast. The bunker, we call it. The Kirkland Bunker. So Rick Ruggrick here, and I've got uh, Ted Hansen in with me this morning. And uh, we're going to talk about some common things that go on every day and uh, kind of every day in our practice. Because one of the reasons we have this show, as most of you who have listened over the years know, is provide some education. Education, such that you can take wise, informed decisions uh, in your life, whether you're buying real estate or doing your estate plan or starting up a business or running a business. We want you to be informed and have the necessary information and then to protect the assets that you've acquired over your life, be tax savvy, all those wonderful things that you want to do. And today we're going to uh, be delving into some relatively common estate planning misunderstandings or maybe debunking some of the myths and we're going to try to dig into the boogeyman of probate. First clue is it's not a boogeyman. It's just a word that's been around a long time probate um, for hundreds and hundreds of years but you know, here we are in, you know, the modern 21st century, and we still have a lot of misunderstandings. So we're going to try again to see if we can do a little debunking of those myths. Now today, you know, all of you have a little extra time on your hands because our five and O Seahawks. Well, they've got a bye week, so they're resting all those weary bones and getting those bumps and bruises all better, so they can come out and be 6-0. and So no Seahawks today, so what a great afternoon to maybe jot down some notes and think about your next steps. Hey, we're going to have the uh, phone lines open today, and we would love to hear from you if you have any questions or comments. And, uh, hey, if you want to talk about the election and why you think yay or nay or he or he or whatever, um, give us a shot. We're not going to have a debate with you, but if you'd like to talk a little bit or air your opinion, um, maybe we'll give you that chance. The number to call in for right now, and it's live, so it's real. We are here. Um, it's not a recorded show like uh, most of them. Um, but anyhow, triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. 973 5476 That's the line to get on air right now. 888-973-5476. Larry, our wonderful board operator, is ready to entertain you with your call while you're waiting to get online. So we would appreciate talking to you today. And I would be remiss if I didn't put a shout-out to uh, Jillian in uh, Issaquah. So, uh, Jillian, hope you have a great morning and um, figure out something wonderful to do uh, in lieu of uh, Seahawks today. So, so, Ted, when we're looking at estate planning you know it's a huge 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 area but let's just see if we can answer the question that says you know what should i do when a loved one dies whether it's a spouse a child a parent someone close to you has died and you assume you have some responsibility for that so ted you know and you know I hate to say it, but, you know, there's been an increased amount of deaths going around the country. Certainly here at our practice, we've seen more um, after-death cases, probates, and trust administrations, than we would normally see around this time of year or through the summer even. But uh, we are here. It is reality. And so it's really important to figure out exactly, you know, what should you be doing? Because so many things that people instinctively seem to want
3: to do, seem to be the things they shouldn't be doing well the first thing you know is that you shouldn't do nothing okay let's let's start there that i see so many people where a spouse has died some of them 10 15 years ago and there was nothing done regardless of whether they had a will or a trust they just went about their business and did nothing and these are the kind of cases that we get more and more of that are just, you know, uh, just a failure to do anything at all, like like ignoring it almost, you know. But let's, let's make this very clear. There's always something that needs to be done when someone dies, whether they have a will or they don't have a will. Uh, there's always something that needs to be done.
2: Well, you know, Ted, I think that's one of the issues here that, you know, since a majority of the folks out there that are listening... Well, maybe not the people listening. If you've been listening to my show for a long time, maybe you have an estate plan. But on average, a majority of Americans do not have a will or a trust. Most Americans do not have an estate plan. And therefore, you fall into what we call the laws of intestacy. That just simply means dying without a will. And this is kind of confusing to people because, gee, without a will, what do you do? And so, um, Ted, there's a natural hierarchy of people who are responsible for bringing forth the person's estate, depending on whether that person was married or single. If you're married, folks, your spouse would have a legal duty to bring forward your estate. No spouse, eldest child, you kind of go on down to next of kin. But there is a duty, actually, to try, you know, get this in front of the court. So one of the most important things we need to look at when we're Figuring this is, you know, when someone dies, the first thing, obviously, is take care of the funeral, take care of, you know, burial, cremation, all of that type of stuff. But what's important is not to start moving assets or paying bills or moving things around. Ted, this really seems to hang things up when people just start kind of doing without being ready to go into the process. And I I
3: think it's amplified a lot with these people that don't have a plan. Well, he didn't have a will, so therefore I don't need to do anything. Well, that's not not true, and that's not part of the process. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit about this probate process. And essentially it starts off... You know, if they have a will, Rick, with having to file that will and what you were saying earlier, uh, if you're even in possession of someone's will, you, you don't necessarily have to be a spouse or a child. If you're in possession of a will that someone has, you have a duty to bring it before the court within the first 30 days of their death. And there can be for failure to bring it forward. There are attorney fees for anybody that was adversely affected by the non-filing of the will, and we've seen that situation a few times, Uh, but that does happen. So the first step for those of you that have a will is to file that will, and for those of you that don't, there's either a probate intestacy process or a non-probate intestacy process.
2: Yeah, so the, the issue is, folks, when someone passes away, regardless of whether they had a will or no will or a living trust... Pretty much all of the same actions need to occur. It's just the process by which they occur. But the first thing that happens in every estate is to really take what we call an inventory and appraisement. In other words, identifying everything that the decedent, the person who died is the decedent, everything that they owned, we need to get that on a list. Excel's great way to do this. So we list all their assets, real estate, checking accounts, savings accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts, timeshares, life insurance, annuities, on and on and on of all the different things that we own. Artwork, jewelry, those are all our estate. So we need to value our estate, say, well, what do I have, and what is it worth? Now, once we get that, we've got to, you know, Get going. And now we next need to look at expenses and cost and debts. You know, when you die, your estate needs to settle up your debts with your legitimate creditors. And there is a process for this. And many people don't avail themselves of the creditor process. And so this is, you know, one of the things we really need to look at. And then once we've looked at and identified our list of assets. Ted, one of the things that derails many estate plans or guides them in the other situation is how assets are owned between husbands and wives or yourself and a third party. So, Ted, just looking at some of the pitfalls of the most common form of ownership, um, which tends to be joint tenancy with the implied right of survivorship, why is that such a dangerous tool when it's not on purpose?
3: Well, it can be dangerous in in, in a number of ways, and, and really, we, we've talked about this on the show before, and this is that concept of alignment of your assets with your plan, and, and I know a lot of people um, you know, don't do that. And in other words, they have a beneficiary on something or a joint tenancy where... Uh, There may be a joint tenant with a third party, and the family gets to find out that they did not inherit the dad's piece of the property that he was a joint tenant on with his business partner or something like that. That happens all the time, and so we see these kind of things. But alignment of your assets is key to making things flow, certainly through a a will-based or a trust-based plan. That's critical. But for those of you that don't have those in place, there are still things that need to be done. And, you know, often we we have a joint tenet with right of survivorship, but there's no follow-up work to remove the name of the decedent from the title. So that's always an issue that we run into.
2: Well, yeah, this joint tenancy is a big deal, and it, it, it's a really big deal for us Washingtonians because most of you, most of you who are married probably shouldn't be owning any joint tenant right of survivorship prop- property. You should probably be owning it as community property. Now, don't go run out and do all this crazy stuff. You need to talk with an attorney on the subtle differences between these titling options and how you utilize them. Because, Ted, I think one of the things that is so just, you know destructive to estates is people that sometimes maybe they did their own will or you know they got a will done, but it was this kind of a I love you kind of will. But better than nothing, And unfortunately, the titling of assets didn't allow the will to occur. And I want to pick up with that when we come back with break, because this idea of titling and your will or your trust is so important for those instruments to work. The wrong titling, those plans are not going to work, and it may cost your estate money, taxes, and heartache. So we're going to... uh, Figure all those things out right when we get back from break. And if you'd like to call in and uh, talk with uh, either Ted or myself, 888 is the live call-in line for either Cairo or KTTH listeners. 888 your partner-in-law. We will be right back. When we talk about estate
4: planning and elder law, there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick. And Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers
2: for when you should review your estate plan changes in health or wealth. COVID 19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
4: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregorick, and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.
5: You know we can't always count on great health as we age, that's why I cannot overstate the peace of mind I feel having long-term care coverage for me and my wife. If you've been thinking about it, but you have some questions, this is a great time to get answers. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for one of their free long-term care planning live webinars they have coming up. At the webinar, they'll explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan, and And then when you're ready, 525 Advisors, they are the best in the country. And I know that because my wife and I went through the whole process with Brian and Madeline. And, man, they take great care of their customers. Check out all their reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So sign up today, 525LongTermCare.com. Join them for one of their upcoming live webinars. The class is free. All you have to do is go to 525LongTermCare.com, 525LongTermCare.com.
6: Retirement, what does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead?
2: Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning.
7: I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs.
6: Call today for your free consultation, 425-284-3455. 50. That's
7: 425-284-3450. During this free consultation, Rick will guide you in the right direction. Do you need will-based planning or trust-based planning? Find out now. Schedule your free consultation with Rick by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com.
1: yourpartnerinlaw.com. Now back to Your Partner in Law with Rick Gregory. On Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. I could just sit here
2: and listen to the rock and roll all day long, but alas, I have you guys to talk to and nothing could really be better on Sunday morning, um, even on a hawkless day. So no no hawk game today, but we're talking about what do you do when someone dies? whether it's a spouse, a parent, child, aunt, uncle, whatever, something needs to happen to their affairs, to their estate. Doing nothing is not the answer. Um, Automatically running down to the banks and doing all that stuff, please don't do that. More harm comes from that than anything. There is a legal process to go through, no matter what you may or may have, may or may not have done relative to your estate planning. If you do not have an estate plan, in other words, no will or trust, there's one set of rules. If you have a will, there is another set of rules for settling your affairs after death. And if you have a living trust, there is yet another set of rules. The set of rules that you choose is your choice. Unfortunately, most of you choose to do nothing Plan. As we've talked about, you know, for many, many years now, 60 to as high as 70 percent of the population over 55, let's say, depending on how you slice that up, anywhere from 60 to 70 percent of you do not have a core basic estate plan. Of course, to me, that's troubling um, because the do nothing estate plan we call intestacy for when you die or guardianship. Should you become incapacitated, both programs are really the state's oversight of your affairs, and dare I say it might skew a little bit to the state's advantage. After all, they created the plan. Compare and contrast that to if you create your plan and you create your own will or you create your own living trust, now you're going to have much more say in what happens to your stuff following your death how is it distributed to whom and how and during disability you will gain control over who is in charge of your finances who's in charge of your medical care when you're not able to do this yourself don't you want to be in control and know who that person might be rather than relying on the government to appoint someone that may or may not be who you want this is the kind of things we need to really address. So, Ted, before break, we were talking about this titling of assets and how influential that is on the estate plan. Kind of walk our listeners through a little bit, you know, if they and their spouse own, let's say, this the family home, we'll make it
3: easy, as joint tenant right of survivorship, what
2: happens when the first of them dies?
3: Well, as a matter of law, it vests in the surviving joint tenant. Now, there can be sometimes more than one joint tenant involved, and it's one of these last man standing kind of situations. That's what I call it, and and those happen sometimes, too. But it's important that the uh, survivor of, of the tenancy at least does what we like to call date of death appraisals on the home. And that really relates to this concept of step up in basis that occurs when people die and uh, and as Rick indicated earlier, really community property is the better way to hold title to property because when the uh, spouse dies, the property gets uh, you know a half a step versus a full step in a community property arrangement. So that's a big issue. Yeah, Ted, the uh,
2: that is a really key issue, and you know people often wonder you know during the estate process. And I, I the most common question I get asked. And it doesn't matter the subject as we're going through it. The most common question is Is that necessary? <laughs> is that necessary? And the answer is generally yes. Um, we don't usually ask you to do things that are not necessary. But in valuing the estate and identifying it, so when that house is owned joint tenancy, it automatically vests in the remaining joint tenant or tenants if there's more than one. However, there needs to be what we call perfection of title. We still need to get the deceased, the dead person's name off the deed to move forward. So we have to kind of clear title. So this idea that a asset vest is ownership in you at the moment of the person's death is true, but it doesn't mean you don't have any work to do. You kind of got to go down and claim your prize. It's kind of like you're holding the lottery ticket, the winning lottery ticket. That's what your joint tenancy with writer survivorship. You're holding the winning lottery ticket, but it doesn't do any good until you turn in the lottery ticket. That would be perfecting it. Well, we need to perfect your ownership interest in that transferred joint tenancy property. And then Ted also brought up the idea of capital gains taxes. You know, when a person dies... Under the current law, and this is subject to change depending on the way politics go this, uh, you know, a couple weeks here from now, November 3rd. So, but right now, when you die, your interest in real estate or other capital assets gets a step up in basis to fair market value, therefore eliminating all accrued capital gains during your lifetime. Really powerful. And for those of you who are Washingtonians and have done your planning smartly, And used community property smartly, not only will the decedent's interest in that property go up, but also the surviving spouses. This is very significant, and many, many, many of you do not avail yourselves of this um, relatively easy thing to accomplish that has really um, significant financial impacts uh, for your surviving spouse and future generations. So, folks, uh, we have the landline open here. Yep, we are taking phone calls. If uh, I know all of you are just spellbound, lots of you are out driving, so obviously drive safely. But if you'd like to give us a jingle, um, the phone number here at Cairo is triple eight nine seven three five four seven six eight eight eight. 973-5476 that'll get you on air ask Ted or I anything it's Sunday morning we can predict anything but the outcome of football games and elections other than that we'll do a lot of talking but we don't have any ways to predict those better than anyone else does but I do want to encourage everyone please do vote pay attention to the facts and circumstances try to dig through the weeds and uh, get out and vote we'll be right back folks with more of your partner in law
4: Talk about estate planning and elder law. There are two triggers that cause you to review your plan. John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregorick. And Rick, what are those
2: two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both. So everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
4: Be prepared, have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregorick, and Associates. They're open, they're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call four two five two eight four thirty four fifty. 284 3450 That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com. I have so many questions about my future and what I should do with my assets. I need to make sure my family is protected.
6: Me too. Should I have a will or a trust in place? What about powers of attorney and health care directives?
4: Yeah, we need someone who can help us put it all together.
2: Hi, this is Rick Gregorick, founder of Gregorick & Associates. We have answers to your questions and even questions you may not know you had. It's our goal to help you chart a clear course for your future. By choosing Gregorick & Associates, you can rest assured that your legal, tax, and planning needs will be met.
6: It's true. The dedicated professionals at Gregorick & Associates are your legal, tax, and planning solution. Give them a call today at 425-284-3450 or go to yourpartnerinlaw.com. Contact Gregory and Associates. They're a focused team of professionals capable of handling
7: all your legal needs. Schedule your free consultation now and Rick will guide you in the right direction. Do you need will-based planning or trust-based planning? Find out now. Schedule your free consultation with Rick by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com. yourpartnerinlaw.com.
1: We return to your partner in law on Seattle's Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick.
2: Hey, so glad, so glad to be back uh, with you this morning. Um, COVID continues. The Seahawks are at bye. And we have an election in a couple of weeks. So that caught you up on all the news. And uh, so now you can pay attention to the show. Uh, <laughs> my subtle hint. That's all you need to know. All we need to know. So we're talking about wills and probate and what you need to do and how to avoid certain mistakes. And uh, so we're going to go uh, to Ann. Uh, we've uh, called in here. So good morning, Ann. Good morning. How are you? I am terrific. And uh, what's your question or comment for us today?
8: Well, I'm going to be uh, the executor of my parents' estate, and there's lots of grandkids, and um, there was some talk about how um, they finished it up, and they said that it's not going to be really distributed equally, and there are some family members that could get upset about that, and they weren't sure if there was some kind of talk about that by law everyone involved has to get a letter that lists who got what in terms of what amount and i just see that as being a terrible thing because well and let me ask feeling let
2: let me let me ask you a question here um so you say you're the executor so you're was this your mom or dad who passed well, away? My
8: parents, they haven't passed. They oh. were putting and finishing their living uh, trust, living trust, I believe
2: it Oh, is. living trust, okay.
8: Um, yeah. And so when they do pass, I'm going to be the one to follow Got it. the set of directions. Okay.
2: Well well let me help you out here, just so everybody understands. Okay. In the estate planning process, when you're dealing with a trust Washington state law makes it pretty clear that any beneficiary has full access to the trust instruments, the documents, so they get a full copy, so they know what their rights and benefits therein are, and B, they're entitled to a full and complete accounting and tax records, and that simply says, uh, let's say um, in your folks' plan, it said that uh, one child is to get uh, 5% of the estate. So... Unless the child knows what was the estate and what was the total, they wouldn't know how much 5% is. So full transparency, and that is the key to success when you're doing that, and that will make your job as the executor which you would not be under a living trust you would be a trustee because in a living trust if there is no probate if you have done the trust properly and funded it properly and you only become an executor if you file a will after someone dies so that's an appointed position by the court whereas trusts are private and you would do everything as a trustee and there's a different process so Anne, i hope that helps you a little bit does that kind of give you some clearer guidance
8: it does. I was just curious if that applies to the state of Arizona as well.
2: Uh, pretty much, does. yeah. Most of these are fairly universal laws, but uh, obviously each state, has to, you'd have to look at that a little bit, and uh, your folks, you know, attorneys should be able to explain that to them. And you did mention also about whether or not, um, you know, if they're going to make unequal distributions, and that's per perfectly within anyone's purview, your own estate plan. You can give to whom you want, what you want, how you want, when you want, under the terms and conditions. Uh, A lot of variabilities on what people do. Um, One of the things that I do Uh always caution people on is... um, leaving money to minors make sure that that's been well thought out um, because you don't hand a check over to a minor so um, kind of figure out what's that best way going to be whether it's in trust for that child or a uniform transfer to minors account or something to uh, do that minor and if a minor is a beneficiary under a will in most states they have to have their own legal representation as a guardian ad litem a parent cannot represent a child in probate so um, those are some interesting things so so, so Ann, I do thank you so much. You. We're going to we're gonna have to uh, move along here. I'd love to talk with you all morning, but um, business calls. So I do thank you so much and uh, keep much. listening. And uh, if you'd like to get one of our organizers, uh, there's a lot of questions in that that might actually help you ask some other questions of yourself and your parents' plans. So you can get that at yourpartnerinlaw.com. Just uh, do the contact the attorney and ask us for either the married or single planner, and we'll get that out to you. So, folks, as we... Um move forward on this as you know there's lots and lots of everyday questions uh, that we have we're going to uh, probably hit our break just a little early so we can grab more phone calls as we go into next break so the rest of you that are out there holding hang on we are going to get uh, right back with you and we're going to move on with uh, some additional conversation here and uh, make sure you get all the information you need to make wise informed conditions your trusted source through legal work is Gregor and associates llc find us at rjglegal.com be right back when we talk
4: about estate planning and elder law there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrick And, Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are
2: two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
4: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregorick, and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450.
5: Or book your free consultation online at
4: yourpartnerinlaw.com.
5: You know, we can't always count on great health as we age. That's why I cannot overstate the peace of mind I feel having long-term care coverage for me and my wife. If you've been thinking about it, but you have some questions, this is a great time to get answers. Join my friends from 525 Advisors for one of their free long-term care planning live webinars they have coming up. At the webinar, they'll explain how long-term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan. and. Then when you're ready, 525 Advisors, they are the best in the country. And I know that because my wife and I went through the whole process with Brian and Madeline. And, man, they take great care of their customers. Check out all their reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So sign up today, 525LongTermCare.com. Join them for one of their upcoming live webinars. The class is free. All you have to do is go to 525LongTermCare.com. 525LongTermCare.com.
6: Are you like me? I have so many questions about my own estate planning, and now my parents have health issues. I have to take care of them and their finances, and it's all so complicated. What do I do? Where do I stand?
0: Sound familiar? Attorney Rick Gregrick founded Greg and Associates to serve the needs of individuals, families, and small businesses. Rick's life experiences with his own parents and grandparents, combined with his legal knowledge, is here to guide you through these troubled waters. Rick Gregrick is a proud member of the National Academy of Estate Planning Attorneys and of Elder Council. Contact Rick Greg at 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or go to your Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Yourpartnerinlaw.com. Don't delay. Call today for your peace of mind. There's no cost for your initial consultation for estate planning or elder law. Call 425 284 3450. That's 425 284 3450.
6: Thank you. I'm calling Gregorick and Associates today.
1: Now back to your partner in law with Richard. Gregorick on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH. And we're back. I'm Rick Gregorick, law firm of
2: Gregorick Associates, in with attorney Ted Hansen today. Now, Ted, uh, as most of you know, um, state planning and that, but Ted also does a lot of our disability and special needs planning and elder law, Medicaid, um, VA planning, um, all kinds of um, issues like that uh, that are ever present in estate planning, uh, in addition to the other end of the spectrum with taxes and asset protection and all kinds of fun stuff. You know, and the biggest. The funnest part of this show is really getting to talk with you folks uh, over the air, certainly meeting you at all of our events that we've historically done throughout the year that have been stifled due to COVID, meeting you when you, you know, come into the office and that. We this, you know, it's really all about meeting you folks and getting so much guidance and directions from you too cuz we learn from you as you learn from us and that's kind of a great deal. Hey, I've got a great call over in University Place. Uh, Julia is on the line with us. Julia Sylvia, I am so sorry. You know what? I'm in Kirkland. My board operators in Seattle, and something maybe got goofed up in the transmission. But Sylvia, nice to have That's you on the right. line. You got it. Okay. What is your Sylvia? What is your question? I am,
9: I am ninety one years old. I live in my big Holman University place, and uh, <clears throat> right now I'm dealing with trying to get assisted living to. Through John Hancock. I have all of my, I put all of my stuff in trust several years ago. But John Hancock, I have that policy, and of course I have already invested $78,000 in that, in that uh, policy, you know. But I'm trying to get assisted living, and I'm having nothing but trouble with John Hancock. And uh, so I have finally gone to the insurance commissioner in Olympia, and he's helping me with that. On the other hand, that's my in trust. I just sold my home in Arizona, and I have a daughter that is 61 that is manic-depressive and assisted living. My attorney has suggested that I put a trust for my daughter, who is in assisted living? She has a trust for her dad that is uh, taken care of, also, and so that is my question.
5: Okay, wow, you got a
2: lot going on, Julia. You're a busy lady. Um, you know, one of the things, so um, are, you are working with an attorney presently? Yes, I am. Yeah, and he's not being able, to, or she's not being able to help you with this, uh, getting your uh, long-term care, it sounds like you have a long-term care insurance policy. I
9: have, I have two other children that are happily married. Both have been married for 37 years, and they have their children and so forth. Yeah. So, but the daughter is the one I'm concerned with, and I'm assuming that if something happens to her, that her... Uh, money that she has from her dad in trust will just automatically go to the state, which is perfectly you, you all right.
2: You know, it may or may not, uh, Sylvia, depending on how the trust for. Um, her was set up. um, But this is an area that if uh, there may be some ways to change the trust if her circumstances have changed. Washington's actually pretty good about this, where if they had a general needs trust to be able to possibly convert that to a special needs trust that would better protect those assets uh, for the beneficiary and provide for their care perhaps more properly, as well as leaving money behind for beneficiaries. Uh, the, The trust in this nature are very technical, so I couldn't give you Any advice without reading the documents? Um, Okay, Sylvia, we'd be glad to maybe talk with you during the week when we could talk a little more privately and um, in that. But um, if you'd like to, uh, you could go ahead, and when I. When you go off air here, um, Larry could go ahead and get your uh, telephone number, and we could have uh, either Ted or myself give you a call on Monday if you would like. So why don't you, um, when we go off air, go ahead and leave your number with Larry, and um, he'll get that, and then we'll get in touch with you, okay? Because you got a couple serious things going on here. Always
9: good to get a second opinion.
2: Absolutely, you're a wise lady, and you wouldn't be ninety-one if you weren't. (laughs) So, thank you.
9: That's been very tough to deal
2: with. Yes, some of those insurance people can, but there are ways to deal with them, so uh, there are ways to get to the bottom of it. Listen, Sylvia, thank you so much for your call. I do have to move on here, but go ahead and get that number to uh, Larry, and we'll see what we can do for you and help guide you in the right direction. So, has
9: been
2: very tough to deal with. Okay, you bet they are. All right, so uh, Larry, if you'd get their number, that would be great. Well, folks, as you can see, lots of things can happen and go awry and here's uh sylvia you know dealing with you know a disabled daughter she's got other daughters she's got her deceased father she's got a trust she's got her own issues this is a big job and so this really you know is important stuff we're talking about and i think sylvia kind of highlights that for you um how do you say it you can't make this stuff up um it's just real life folks so um Doing that, so Ted, I wanted to kind of uh, kind of refocus now this last part of the show about going through you know an estate, whether it's a probate or a trust because the reality is probate we have a certain set of actions that are required and we have a certain set of actions in trust. Essentially, they're the same, but mechanically they happen a little differently because one is within the probate court process, the other is a private process where you're sitting at home or maybe in the attorney's office and doing that. So I think when we get back from break, I want to kind of go through that a little bit and see if we can keep getting a little clear vision through the mud of what do we do when someone dies because I think so often times people go off and do a lot of things that end up being harmful in the end so uh, with that we're going to take a quick break folks and when we get back more of your calls at 888-973-5476 when we talk about estate planning and elder law
4: there are two triggers that cause you to review your plan John Curley here with my attorney, Rick Gregrich.
2: And, Rick, what are those two triggers? Thanks, John. There are two key triggers for when you should review your estate plan. Changes in health or wealth. COVID-19 is a significant impact to both, so everyone should review and update their estate plan. Ask yourself, are you and your family prepared? Do you have the right executors, agents, and trustees? Have you provided for your family? We're here to help. This pandemic has disrupted all of our lives, so each of us needs to be proactive during these difficult times.
4: Be prepared. Have a plan. Talk to Rick, Gregor and Associates. They're open. They're essential business, and they want to help give you peace of mind. You can call them or meet virtually to discuss your estate and elder law plan. Call 425-284-3450. That's 425-284-3450. Or book your free consultation online at yourpartnerinlaw.com.
5: You know, We can't always count on great health as we age, that's why I cannot overstate the peace of mind I feel having long term care coverage for me and my wife. If you've been thinking about it, but you have some questions, this is a great time to get answers. Join my friends from five two five advisors for one of their free long term care planning live webinars they have coming up. At the webinar, they'll explain how long term care works, what the coverage pays for, and you'll discover all the new options and different ways to fund a plan and And then when you're ready, 525 Advisors, they are the best in the country. And I know that because my wife and I went through the whole process with Brian and Madeline. And, man, they take great care of their customers. Check out all their reviews. People love working with Brian and Madeline at 525 Advisors. So sign up today, 525LongTermCare.com. Join them for one of their upcoming live webinars. The class is free. All you have to do is go to 525LongTermCare.com. 525LongTermCare.com.
6: Retirement. What does it mean to you? Has it changed as a result of today's economy? Are you worried about your future? Could there be stormy seas ahead?
2: Hi, this is Rick Gregrick, founder of Gregrick & Associates. We're a dedicated team of legal and tax professionals that can help you navigate your course for a secure future. Whether you're just thinking about your retirement or you're well into your retirement years, whether you're single, married, or involved in a domestic partnership, we can help you create your necessary legal and tax planning.
7: I am so glad I found one firm that can help me with all my legal and tax needs.
6: Call today for your free consultation. 425 284 3450 That's 425-284-3450.
7: During this free consultation, Rick will guide you in the right direction. Do you need will-based planning or trust-based planning? Find out now. Schedule your free consultation with Rick by going to yourpartnerinlaw.com.
1: yourpartnerinlaw.com. Your partner in law on Seattle's Cairo Radio, 97.3 FM and AM 770 KTTH with your host, Rick Gregorick. Hey, that's me, Rick Gregorick.
2: Hey, folks, if you want to get in touch with us at the law firm. or just go on the web com. that's like Richard, James, Gregory com, and get in touch with us Um, or yourpartnerinlaw.com golly, we're so easy to get Get in touch with MyNorthwest.com. Hey, don't forget to get the Cairo app to listen live all the time or the KTTH app, depending on which station you watch most or listen to most frequently. I guess we don't watch stations, although we do webcast some of these sometimes. So we are starting to watch radio, which is interesting. What um, do you think about that, Ted, watching radio? Well,
3: exactly. <laughs> it's happening. Just take a look at YouTube. You know. Uh,
2: well, they always used to tell me, Rick, you've got a great face for radio.
3: Yeah, it's my mother's line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: She ta- She said that about me, too? Yes, she did. She just, right. Son of a gun. Something's well, Ted, you know, changed. kind of wrapping up the hour here, talking about, you know, wills or no wills or trust. And the reality is the message is something has to be done when a person dies. We have to identify what assets they have, value what assets they have, identify their debts, pay off their just creditors, pay Income taxes up to their date of death and any income taxes that follow death, which we call income in respect of a decedent. I-R-D, another acronym for your vocabulary. But just because we die doesn't mean we stop owing taxes. So the tax man cometh. So you have to file proper tax returns. And for those of you who have estates over $2 million, which is many, many, many of you, with real estate prices being where they are here in the region, you know, if you've got a, a house and a Boeing or a Microsoft uh Retirement account or any of the other big company or even smaller company 401Ks, you add those couple up and a few investments here and there, and voila, you're all of a sudden subject to estate taxes here in the state of Washington, Eleven point. Five eight eight million at the Fed, so unless you got some serious coin, you don 't have to worry about that, but there are plenty of you out there with that serious coin that haven 't done anything about it either, so this is for you as well. But for those folks that uh, don 't have that nearly twelve million dollars, which you double for a married couple, um, estate taxes at the federal level are not your concern today; they may well be your concern in two and a half weeks. We'll just see how the election goes. Um, State taxes, capital gain taxes, income taxes are all on the table this election, as they are with virtually every election. And the issues today are exactly the same issues they were four years ago when it comes to taxes. So um, we've talked about those quite a bit on the show, so you probably know all that. But um, needless to say, if the uh, Biden... uh, prevails in the election that uh, we will probably see more significant uh, increases in um, income tax rates uh, where they're going to occur how they're going to occur we'll all have to wait and see we all know what politicians say is not necessarily what creeps up in reality but uh, we would expect the uh, you know tax happenings there. We would expect the estate tax exemption to be reduced, um, just by their own words. And you know the, the the carryover basis for capital gains is in jeopardy as well. So that we talked about earlier in the show that when you die your assets get a step up in value, um, that may change as well. So folks, all going to have to keep our eyes on the ball and see what happens. And I'm encouraging virtually everyone if you do not have an estate plan or you do have an estate State plan. It's time to sit down with a lawyer sometime now, between now and year end, to kind of say, you know, where am I? Where should I be? How do I protect and preserve what I have? How do I make sure that I'm covered um, for disability or death? And a lot of work to do. But um, the good thing is, proper planning is going to protect you, your assets, your loved ones. You can choose to pay. Um, fewer taxes, uh, depending on your situation. Um, one thing in our region, we do have an awful lot of charitable planning that goes on. That's really a good thing. So many people have opportunities there as well. So, Ted, um, what are some of your final things on you know, t- kind of encouraging people to make sure they're doing the right thing when someone passes away and to not rush out and do things without understanding what their roles and
3: responsibilities, and do they even have the authority well, this is one of those areas where, you know, do-it-yourself can be dangerous. You need to have good counsel to help you through this process. There are some nuances here that you got to make sure that you are aware of and that you take care of. And, and really for those folks that are personal representatives uh that is a fiduciary position, and there could be a great deal of liability for doing things wrong in a probate or a trust administration. And the last thing you want to do is find yourself at the end of the barrel of somebody who is unhappy about what you did, and perhaps you didn't account properly, or perhaps somebody got assets they shouldn't have received. And so there are a number of things that need to take place, but good counsel in this area is 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 absolutely recommended um it's it's i I suppose there are some people that, that have the wherewithal to do it themselves but i wouldn't recommend that it's kind of scary
2: you know and
3: one term i hear
2: often is people will say hi i'm my dad's executor or my mom's executor i'm the executor of such and such well my first question is well when did they die and when was the probate They go, "Well, well, they're not died. Well, if someone hasn't died, you're not an executor. An executor is someone who, let's say, in my own will, I say, upon my death, I would like my spouse to be my executor. That's my desire. What I'm doing is asking the court to appoint that person. But when I die and then my will gets submitted to the court, at that time, The personal representative, which is the executor, can be appointed, but it's appointed by the court then you get a piece of paper, letters testamentary, saying you are the appointed person and now have legal authority to go out and act. Before you get that letters testamentary from a court and are appointed by a judge or commissioner as the executor, personal representative, you are not. You may be presumptive, but you have to be appointed. And any actions you take prior to being appointed – Um, are contrary to law because you don't have the legal authority to be doing what you're doing. It doesn't always mean that a financial institution may not allow you to do something wrong, but that doesn't make it right. And very oftentimes there are tax consequences and other things along those lines that far outweigh the The shortcut, if you will. So best answer, best advice, there are no shortcuts. It's a recipe. Follow the recipe of probate and trust administration, and it gets done better, more efficiently, less costly. And I really want to focus on the efficiency of not having to fix things or make mistakes. Making mistakes with other people's
3: money is far more serious than making mistakes with your own money. So um, Yeah, and don't be a, in a hurry with this. This process takes time, and people are frequently, frequently antsy to get this money uh, when there's money in motion. And, you know, this does take time. It's a time-consuming process.
2: It really is. Hey, folks, get your life plan organizer from Gregory and Associates. Just, to go, just go to yourpartnerinlaw.com where it says ask a question. Just let us know if you're married, single, or in a domestic partnership. We'll get you the right planner emailed out to you. If you'd like to follow up with us with an appointment, then that would be great. If you'd like to schedule an appointment, go ahead and put your phone number on yourpartnerinlaw.com. Ask the attorney questions, and we'll take care of you. Till next week, go Hawks.